each other. Um, the series that we're doing right now is called The Stories That Sustain Us. Um, when Lydia asked me to take a Sunday to speak in, in this series, I thought it might be a difficult task. Um, and it was, and it is. Um, you see, I spent the last year in what I call a, a, a deconstruction crisis. About this time last year, I came to this realization that maybe everything I learned about God was not all true because it was taught through that white male patriarchal framework. And I won't go into all the details, but to be honest, it has been a really difficult year. And, and there were days when I just wanted to burn it all down and walk away, but I'm still here. Um, and over this past year, I've been doing so much soul searching, seeking and learning and try to find grounding again um, by reading and studying and going to seminars. I'm in this and I'm trying to be faithful to this journey and no matter how hard it gets, um, yeah, I just hopefully that being in this journey is enough and at least it is for now. Um, so as I was reflecting on this series and what calls me into the stories that sustain me about the Jesus story, I find myself asking the question, what is compelling about the Jesus story or what makes it worth it for me? What is it that keeps me uh, calling me forth and what is it that keeps me here? And hopefully through this series, you've been asking yourself those same questions. Um, it isn't an easy task to wrestle with these questions though, I understand that. Um, so what is compelling about the Jesus story? Well, man, there's so much. I love that he was a great prophet and teacher and rabbi, and I marvel at his teaching and how it was so subversive to the time. And I'm, I'm moved that Jesus cared for the marginalized and the oppressed, and he was and is an amazing example to all to fight for the oppressed and injustice of the world. And, and the list could go on because there's so much about Jesus that, that, that draws people to him. But as I was reflected on this question, I sensed there has to be something more, or I felt like there is something more in my life. And as I started peeling back this layer of this question, I found this, that the part of the Jesus story that sustains me is the life-changing transformation that happens when there is an encounter with Jesus or the divine. The life transformation that happens when you allow these stories to change you from the inside out that place where the stories go from that head knowledge to that, that heart knowledge that is undeniably sacred and spiritual. And that the mystical and the unexplainable part of the Jesus story where, where there's just no words that can adequately describe the encounter. I don't know if you've ever had those times when you've had those moments and you try to share it or tell it and it's hard. It's like the list, the question I gave this morning when you walked in, what's the best thing you ate this week? and you listed what it was, but it probably would be very difficult to articulate the depth of why that was the best meal besides it tasted good. And so sometimes there's just no words for encounter. There's no words for experience. There's no words for the divine. And I think the mystery and that part of Jesus is what compels me to still be here and to search this out and to find grounding in it. So yes, he was a great teacher, a real disruptor, our example to fight for social justice, but the way he went about it was touching and transforming lives of the people he encountered. Um, and that is what keeps me here. And that is what keeps drawing me in. And this morning, that is a part of the story that I would like to share with you all. And we'll do this through a parable. And I've asked uh, Dina to read the parable for us this morning. 
It's entitled The Parable of the Sower. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Thank you, Dina, for reading the parable for us. Let the words of this parable rest on our hearts this morning. Um, I picked this parable because this is a familiar story that I grew up with, yet it spoke to me in new ways as I was reading it. I wanted to look at the story because, or a parable, because Jesus is a master storyteller. And I love parables and I love the mystery and the divine secrets that could be found through parables um, and metaphors. I love the hidden messages and I love personally finding parables, metaphors, analogies through spirituality um, in my everyday life. One of my favorite exercises that I used to do with the youth was to find an object and everyone had to come up with a spiritual metaphor around it, whether it was a pencil or sea glass or ice cream, everybody had to come up with some sort of spiritual metaphor. And I think that's what Jesus was able to do in his time. He was able to take everyday objects and, and create spiritual lessons out of it. The parable that Dina read just now is known as the parable of the sower. And as I began studying this parable, I realized that there actually could have been a better title. Um, how about the parable of the seed? Because it is, is or was about the seed growing in different places. Or how about the parable of the soil where we learn that good soil is where things grow. This is what I wanna focus on today, good soil. What makes good soil? Um, do you know the difference between good soil and dirt? A actually, I was thinking some of you probably know more about dirt and soil than I do, um, especially Jenny with her garden. How many of you guys garden? Okay, so there's a lot of you that probably know way more about soil and dirt than I do. But this is what I've learned. Soil is alive and dirt is dead. If you go to the Exploratorium in San Francisco, there is this com compost exhibit that ex compo compost exhibit that shows what good soil is. Uh, there's this big box and you could put your hands in these gloves. And if you put your hands in the, in the soil, it gets really warm. And the deeper you move your hands in the soil, it gets warmer. It's such a trip. And it just shows how alive that soil is. Uh, Jeff Catch from the Rodale Institute um, said that there are 9 billion microorganisms in a teaspoon of healthy soil. That's crazy. 9 billion microorganisms in a teaspoon of soil. And we only know about 10% of what's going on at the microscopic level. So soil is the most complex ecosystem on the planet. But here's the thing, 
We have degraded about half of the Earth's topsoil in the last 150 years. And some scientists say that if we keep farming the way we do at this rate, we'll only have about 60 growing seasons left. And the growing season is a year. So that means 60 years. That's kind of scary. So at the Rodell Institute, they're trying to uh, reteach farmers a new way to farm that will not deplete the soil, a farming method that will be sustainable into the future. Um, the term organic came from the founder of Rodell Institute, and he, and, and he believed that. Uh, here, here was his little mantra or, or theory that if we have healthy soil, we'll have healthy food. And if we have healthy food, we'll have healthy people. So in our parable, there are four types of soil where the seed landed. Some seed fell along the path where the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places. The seed grew, there wasn't enough soil, so it couldn't take root and die. And there were the seed that fell among the thorns where the weeds choked out the plant so it couldn't produce again. And then there was good soil where the seed could take root and grow and produce plentiful crop. This parable is one of Jesus, is one that Jesus gives an explanation to, not all of them. Sometimes he just throws parables out there and we're all supposed to understand. But this one he gave, um, he gave an explanation, but he didn't give an explanation to everybody. He just gave it to the disciples. And he said, the seed that is planted, excuse me, he said, the seed that is planted, he says, is the word. Um, and the word, uh, uh, the word meaning God or the Greek philosophers use this word logos or logos. And meaning word, and it wasn't just a Christian term. They used this before the Christians used it. And so they described it as an active, rational, and spiritual principle that permeated all reality. They called logos, providence, nature, or God, the soul of the universe. So when we read this in Mark, the people listening are coming from that understanding that the seed is the word, this unexplainable mystery and the essence of the divine that is in all things. Um, and the different types of soil, well, I believe that's the place where people's hearts and souls can be receptive to the divine. In the parable, there are different places the seed was dropped, but one place where the seed took root and grew was good soil. Um, if this seed is the word, if this seed is God that permeates all things in, in the world, whether it be through nature, through people, through stories, through songs, through poetry, through art, for me, through children, through relationships, then, then the divine is everywhere and actively interacting with humanity. Let that soak in. Logos, the divine in all things, active in all things. Do we always see these moments or are we too busy distracted by the cares of the world to slow down and notice those divine moments? As we cultivate good soil or live in that good soil place, we will find those sacred moments and name them. I wanna take a moment for us to think about those places where we have experienced the divine. Those moments where we sense and know God's presence. Uh, for some of us, it'll be easy to name. For some of us, we might have to think a little bit about it. But in one or two words, how would you say you have experienced the divine? And let's do this interactive with the chat. In one or two words, how would you say you have experienced the divine? Throw your response in the chat.
I'm going to read some of these. Um, through children, that's mine. In music, through reading the stories of scripture, we experience the divine through books and articles. We experience the divine through peace and assurance. We experience the divine in music and dance. I love it. We experience the divine in beautiful words. We experience the divine through reconciliation with other people. We experience the divine through nature, music, and art. We experience the divine thrown out a fleece. Wow. We experience the divine through nature, birds at my feet are, yes. We experience the divine through love. We experience the divine through prayer. We experience the divine deep connected conversations. We experience the divine in intercession and, and answer to prayer. We experience the divine in contemplative prayer and worship. We can experience the divine in everything that we create, yes. We can experience the divine through public speaking and teaching. Oh my goodness, I love that one. We can experience the divine through the blue sky and the fresh air. We can experience the divine in caregiving. Man, that's some good soil. Love it, love it. Everything that was listed, good, good soil. And I think the good soil is when our hearts are most receptive, most attuned, most open to experience the divine. I wanna give an example, an analogy of this parable. I told you I like parables and I try to find spiritual meaning in all things. So here's my take on this parable. This year I'm back in the classroom teaching math. Um, last year I was doing an extended program, but they needed help. So I said, I'll do whatever you want. And so I'm teaching math and um, I haven't taught math in a long time. And they do math a lot differently nowadays. And you don't just give them a formula. They just, they're just, I call them math wizards, math geniuses, because I will tell them how to solve, uh, we're doing percentages and they'll say, I don't understand how you did that genie, but let me show you how I did it. So they're teaching me and um, they're just amazing. But here's the thing, each student is unique and wonderfully created by God. And I try my best to, to figure out how each student is learning math and provide that opportunity for them to learn and grow. But let me tell you the categories of math students that I teach. Here are a few. I have those students who just want to get things done. They just say, tell me the formula. They want to learn, but they want to take those shortcuts because they know there's shortcuts in math and they just want them. Um, they use Siri a lot. <laughs> hey Siri, that's 40% of 150. I'm like, oh my gosh, you could do this. Um, those are the shortcut students. And there are those students that say, I don't get it. So I'll sit down and I'll explain it. And they're like, oh, that's good. I'm like, but you didn't write anything down. And they're like, no, I got it. And I'm like, you need to write it down. I'm like, no, I will remember it. But of course they don't. They get home, they forget what we did. And then they don't get their homework finished because they didn't write it down and remember. And I have those students that who literally try to hide or push their work aside. They don't care. Or maybe it's not that they don't care but they don't wanna do the work at all. Maybe it's too hard. Maybe they're too tired. Maybe they don't believe they're good at math. And then there are those who don't wanna be taught. They get it. 
they know it. They want to zip through the math lesson without writing anything down, but just the answers because they could do everything in their head. They are fast as a whip. Those are the people that I am not teaching them math fast enough. They just want to go, go, go. But then there is this discipline student. I have a few of these and they amaze me because they know math is hard, but they ask questions. When they make a mistake, they don't freak out. They just go back and figure out where they messed up. And they don't want me to show them. They're like, wait, 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 let me figure this out. They want to figure it out. They don't want the shortcuts. They want to understand it. And they don't do everything perfectly, perfectly, but they're engaged in learning it well. And that's like good soil. They aren't the perfect students who get straight A's, but they are receptive to learning. They have a desire to grow and they're willing to put in the hard work and they have a drive in them to seek out truth. Good soil for a student. And so spiritually speaking, we know we're in the place of good soil when our hearts are receptive to learning, when we have a desire to grow, when we're willing to put in the hard work, when we seek out truth, and when we see truth, the divine, and we name it. The season we're in is pretty tough and exhausting. And some of us even say the word survival mode. As teachers, we are doing that a lot. We're just in survival mode. I get that. But so here's where I ask you to use your spiritual imagination. If we approach the idea that we can live from the place of good soil, no matter how difficult things are, then we could still grow. And I don't mean the quick growth. I mean the slow, sometimes painful learning and unlearning from the divine. My hope is that we can learn to lean into the idea that the divine is in all things and is calling us to see the experience through those divine moments. And I believe the seed that is planted in, in our lives is the divine God making themselves known to us through all the ways you mentioned early in the chat, that's some good soil. In good soil, that place where our hearts are receptive to see the divine, to hear the divine, to experience the divine, and to be changed and transformed. It's not always easy and fast or even complete, We're never done changing or transforming or clear. Sometimes we get through this place and we're like, oh, I don't know what happened. But we could look back and see that God was there the whole time. I think the good soul is just that place of perpetual learning. I know for some of us, it, that's hard to hear because we want to arrive at a place. <laughs> but sometimes it, it's just that acceptance of, no, this journey is lifelong. This journey is, is a lifelong learning experience of learning. God is working in our lives all around us, all the time. Do you see? Do you notice? As our hearts are receptive to God's love, we become more loving. As our hearts are opened up and receptive to God's joy, we become more joyful. As our hearts are receptive to God's hope, we become more hopeful. You could put whatever adjective you want into that. As you open up your hearts to whatever adjective you describe God as and you receive more of that, that's how we become more of, of God in us. And as I look at Haven, man, I believe what we are building here at Haven is good, good soil where each of us can be planted and rooted and grow in God's love and joy and hope. Do you see that? 
as you look at each other, do you see that and understand that, man, the divine in each one of us is beautiful. God desires all of us to know and experience their love individually, uniquely, bringing the beautiful divinity in each of us to make a beautiful garden. We don't have to have it all figured out, because I don't. I'm struggling. We just need to have an open, receptive posture that, that to all that God wants to teach us. So my hope and prayer for you is that you can experience the divine, be changed by the encounter in unexplainable ways. I want to pray for us before we go into our breakout time. Before I lead you into a contemplative place and go into breakout times. Man, God, um, we thank you that you are logos, logos, and you are in all things. And you are this supreme experience of the universe. And we often don't slow down enough to notice. We often are too busy and too worried and distracted. But God, I know you call from call each one of us from that deep, 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 deep place to know you and know you in ways that can transform us. So I pray this morning for those who are tired, you give them rest. For those who are afraid, you give them hope. For those who are discouraged, you give them joy. And that in all those places that we are receptive of you, God, that you will grow us in ways that we won't ever be able to put words to. I pray for those spiritual encounters for each one of us, for Haven, that we will be a, a, a place of good soil where we can experience you constantly. And it's okay that we have questions, God, but we just ask, sometimes can you provide answers? As you meet us here, as you meet us here, we receive you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go to breakout groups, I wanted to give you a moment to reflect on where you are in this journey of faith. So sometimes, no, 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 no. A lot of times it's difficult to find articulations to matters of faith. So I want to lead us in a contemplative exercise to help us. Leah's created a slide with several pictures on it. I took these pictures out at Point Pinole and many of the, my nose just disappeared. Hold on. And many of the paths that are there. So I want you to look at the different pictures slowly and carefully. Look at each one. What picture resonates with you where you are in your relationship with God? Or where are you in your faith journey? Which one depicts how you are sensing or seeing things at this moment? As we quiet ourselves and reflect on these pictures, let this be a moment when you let God speak to you through these pictures.
just put in the chat a link to these pictures as we go to breakout time. Um, I want you to give the opportunity for you guys to share with each other um, with, with the use of the pictures, which one you chose and why. Um, you're also I, welcome to talk about anything that might have come up during our talk this morning. Um, you're also welcome to stay in this space if you'd rather not go to a breakout. <laughs> 